Good morning, and welcome to episode 298 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Hello, Sam. Hi. Hey, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was just wondering, uh, how would you rate your internet speed on the standard 2080 <laughs> scale? Uh, I would grade it as a present three, future four, because I'm hoping that people might go to sleep soon in neighboring rooms and it'll get faster. Uh-huh. Yeah, probably this is the the toughest time of night, right? Everybody's watching their yes, I would think so. Their their, their internet videos. Mm-hmm. All right. But we will try to record anyway and see if it will work. Um, so we are going to do the email show. We weren't sure whether we were yesterday. We are. Uh, some of you sent in some questions today, so we've. Can I ask one quick question? Yeah. One, just a quick one. Uh, how would you rate the emails that we got this week on the standard twenty eighty <laughs> scale? Uh, I probably it was it was a below average week, I uh-huh. think. Uh, it, it, you don't sound it, confident. Is this they, maybe they, this hasn't they flashed, come up in scouting? They school. flashed plus, I would okay. say. But, All right. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. we should start with John, right? Because John. Yes. Um, Although I'm, <laughs> I wish, I wish we could just forget that this ever happened. But but we should we should do it. We should let you have your victory lap. Read the email. Well, there's three. There's multiple. Uh, as everybody knows, we've had uh, multiple sort of contests uh, throughout the course of this year. Drafts uh, in which Ben and I have put our baseball expertise up against each other. And uh, friend of the show, John. Uh, Hmm. <laughs> John. John. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, John. Uh, on, uh, he has been uh, tabulating these for us in a Google Doc. Um, all the drafts. Uh, he does wonderful work for us. And so uh, we're going to update since the season is over uh, how we've done. Uh, the most famous, I guess, uh, draft yeah, we did. The original. Was, it was not the original. The original was the under twenty-five. Oh, games. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we we drafted uh, the uh, the worst team you could draft for two hundred some million dollar payroll, mm-hmm. uh, and um, the only suspense in this was whether Alex Rodriguez was going to play a game and, and I would get to count his payroll. Once once I got over two hundred million, I ran away with it uh, pretty handily. So uh, as John writes, Sam absolutely asterisk dominated close asterisk. This one spending two hundred nine million dollars to earn negative eight warp, which is kind of insane. Yeah. He was helped along by Canerco, Halliday, and Weeks, who alone put up almost negative five. Ben finished at nine warp, or oh. about seventeen higher than Sam, while spending about three hundred million dollars. Selecting the Dodgers outfield ruined his team. Crawford, Ethier, and Kemp totaled five point five warp between them. What's interesting to me is, uh, you might not. I think you did. Huh. What's interesting is that you, um, the difference, I mean, you spent $100 million more than me. Yeah, I was going for the high and, salary guys. But, in fact, I mean, you got 17 more warp. So, really, you actually paid a, an almost market rate for those 17 warp. Like, mm. you you could have spent those on almost anybody and gotten the same, roughly the same value. Yeah. That that extra $100 million. Anyway, uh, so I, I crushed you on that one. Mm. Um the under 25 starting pitching teams that we drafted uh, is a five-year competition, so we have lots of time to go. But we drafted in, I think, uh, early May, so we've got almost a full season in. And Ben is leading by three and a half wins. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I, I, I feel a little bit more confident about your team than about mine at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the under 90 mile an hour rotations, uh, that was a one year challenge and we only have uh, like three weeks or something like that. But as of right now, you lead with 1.4 warp. Harry Pavlidis is at 0.5 and I'm in last at negative. Um, and finally, we guessed how many home runs Jacoby Ellsbury would hit over five years. And I don't remember which of us took the over. I think I did, but he is yeah, at you one. Did. Mm-hmm. Is it one in whatever time period that is? So, mm-hmm. so that's where we stand. Thank you, John. We'll update again in a year or so, um, or probably this is on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, there's a whole there's a files section on the Facebook page where someone has put all these things into into text files that you can look up and see who we drafted. Um, so you can you can find that at the Facebook group at facebook.com/groups/effectivelywild. All right, so uh, since it's very timely, I want to just quickly get to Eric Hartman's email um, about the use of we, because mm. even if you're not a even if you're not a habitual we user mm-hmm. to refer to your, your your favorite team, postseason really brings the we out of everybody. It is yeah. we central, mm-hmm. and so uh, Eric uh, asks what our thoughts are on it, and he uh, he links to Dane Perry's rules of team weing, um, which are interesting because they are not. They're not um, the rules that I would use, not just specifically, but philosophically. Dane's basic idea is that uh, you must be a dedicated enough fan to earn we. So you must know your team's um, front office, uh, for instance. You must own their merchandise. You must go to multiple games in person. You must have uh, gone to some of their games on the road. All these things that really establish your uh, your bona fides and that's legit um, but it's not how I feel about about we and I'm not against against we generally speaking uh, but where do you stand on on we and then I'll uh, well I'm I'm not as against it as as Kevin Goldstein famously was uh, and his position was that you you have to be on the team or work for the team and it, it has to literally be be you in some sense for you to use we uh, I was at one time a, a weir when I was a fan. Um, I I gave that up a long time ago. I don't I don't object to anyone using it. And anyone is allowed to use it, but I I it it makes me I, I guess it colors my uh, my thoughts about your impartiality if you if you use we or I I tend to think that maybe you're not objective as an analyst if you use we, which may be completely unfair. Um, but that that's kind of my inclination. If you're a if you're a we or maybe I don't know, maybe you're you're so attached to that team that you aren't aren't as knowledgeable about other teams or aren't aren't as open minded about other teams, but that could just be a, a bias on my part. So my rule is very simple and has almost no ambiguity. Um, if you are talking to another fan of the team you may use we uh, as much as you want. It mm. is a perfectly legitimate thing to say. If you are talking to your dad about the team that you both cheer for and you are not using we, you are missing out on you know the American experience. Mm-hmm. So clearly, it, to me, there is nothing wrong with that. Anytime you are with another like-minded fan, uh, you two, uh, it is like they say about uh, something like... Uh, they say something. I don't remember what they say, but in church they say something about like a church is wherever you know two two people get to worship or something like that. That's like that's what 
the Wii is. It's two fans being together become a, a Wii, and that's all a team is, right? Is basically a collection of their fans. It, it, to me, it's super legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are talking to somebody who is not a fan of that team, you may never use Wii mm. unless you are doing it specifically to stoke their ire. Uh-huh. So if you're a Giants fan talking to a Dodgers fan about which team is better, you can use it antagonistically. But to me, saying Wii is essentially telling the person, uh, in a way, it's like asking them to uh, accept your authority or your opinion, but without any evidence that they mm. would like that they would appreciate to go to the to, to maybe to go back to the church theme. It's like telling somebody that uh, something should be against the law because it says it in the Bible, and the person you're talking to does not believe in the Bible. You are not meeting anywhere in the middle, right? You you can't really expect them to meet you on a thing that only you believe. It is your religion. It is not their religion, and they don't have to follow the rules of your religion. And saying we is essentially forcing them into your religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I say yes when with other fans, no when talking to, uh, you know, calling, I don't know, calling talk radio or something like that. Um, okay. You know. So that's where I am. All right. That, those are clear rules, easy to apply. I like them. All right. So ask an email question. Uh, okay. Well, we have an email from Derek that contains uh, a few emails, and we could maybe we can answer all of them. Um, Eric, or uh, sorry, Derek asks, what would happen if a team decided to pitch a starter over a full season as much as someone like Cy Young did? We're talking about 400 or 45 to 50 starts, 400-ish innings. How long would it take for that pitcher to get hurt? How quickly would we see effectiveness drop off? And if you had to bet on one guy, who do you think would be able to handle it? Roy Halladay in his prime seems like a decent candidate. Uh, all right. This is, so, this is a good question. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing... What's the point? I mean, why would you? Like, why? Why? Who? Why? why? Right? I mean, isn't the, isn't the question why? If there's someone who... If there were someone who could handle it, then sure, would, wouldn't you want to? Well, this is not really asking. This, this does not start with the uh, with the premise that he can handle it. No, this there, is saying if there's no reason to, to do it. <laughs> you would never just up and do it. Um, but if you did, but even if you had like if you had Clayton Kershaw and um, you know he announced he was retiring at the end of of, the, of next year, mm-hmm. and you could you know he he gives you the go ahead to abuse him any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem to me like it would be. Uh, I mean, in this in this era of cheap bullpens, it, it doesn't really seem useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. Well, and so part of the question is how quickly would you see effectiveness drop off? And I'm I'm guessing, you know, two starts, three starts, because you'd you'd have a guy going on what is short rest for a for a starter in 2013 if you yeah. if you had him on a 45 to 50 start pace, and presumably he could only keep that up for. A, I don't know, a couple starts before it would start to take some toll. And this is also 400-ish innings would be an average of eight innings a start mm. at, at 50. <laughs> so that's that would be on, on, on often on two days rest or three days rest. Um, and, you know, basically complete games if it were 45, which would be on, you know, one day shorter rest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, immediately, right? The, fir- the second start, I would expect effectiveness to drop. Yeah. Even if it didn't, even if it didn't drop, there are very few starters who, uh, even if they were that effective, there are very few starters who are particularly better than their bullpen. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. there's some 
there is some extra benefit to saving your bullpen, and I mean your bullpen has limits too. But um, I mean, you know, you can't really over, overstate how incredible bullpens are mm-hmm. these days, right? Yeah, I think I think Levon Hernandez could come back and do it, but you wouldn't want him to. Right. Yeah. Uh, Derek's next question: If you could plug any players, any players. Wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. How long would it take for that pitcher to get hurt? If uh, if they did that, if they did that to Kershaw next year, uh-huh. do you think he would survive the year? Could could Kershaw <laughs> throw four hundred innings? Left him out there, no matter how poorly he was pitching. Yeah, no matter how poorly he's pitching. But as soon as he says, "I'm hurt, I'm hurt," mm-hmm. then you pull the plug. I mean, he's not going to pitch through. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a strain, a sprained elbow, but yeah. Do you think he could do it? No. Really? I think he would get hurt. I I don't know that I would I don't know that I would say that it's a uh, Don't they much, say that, that pitching while fatigued increases your injury risk exponentially yeah. and I mean you'd be well, fatigued in your second start and then you'd make 45 more. Yeah, I think that if you over the course of 5 years his chances of getting hurt would go up an insane amount. I'm not sure how quickly that would take effect. Though. Like, I, would I mean, you think over that, five years he's likely to get hurt anyway? Probably. No, I know, but I think he would be much, much more likely to get hurt. Like, yeah. whatever he is over the course of five years, he would essentially it would go to a hundred percent if you did this for five years. Uh, but what if it were? Th- I mean, you wouldn't say over the course of two weeks he's certain to get hurt. So no, we have to find. But over one. So it's a question asked. Over one season. I, I don't know. I, think I don't know. I'd say that. One season seems like uh, I mean, the, the point where I struggle. He so doesn't maybe say he doesn't say what sort of injury. We're not. I mean, we're not necessarily talking about a debilitating, career-threatening injury. But maybe he's so tired he just pulls a hamstring or something. I mean, something would happen. I think. What's What's the? Isn't it like? Isn't there like a thirty percent chance or something that a that a healthy starter will get hurt in a year? Something. Yeah, like but that's that? not the the question. Is is above and beyond that. So if it's, let's say, double. The, let's say for his injury rate to double. Uh-huh. How long does it take for a pitcher's injury rate to double? Uh, I mean, I would think a half season of this, a quarter right. season of this. I mean, I think I think fast. Because you're right. asking I, him to do thinking... something that he would he's never done. I mean, he'd, he'd be fatigued almost instantly, and then he'd be pitching through that for... Just such a heavy workload. Yeah, seems fair. I was thinking four months, maybe, so reasonable. All right. Uh, okay, and then Derek was also asking, if you could plug any player in the majors as a high school catcher, plug in any player in the majors as a high school catcher, would he automatically become the best defensive high school catcher in the country? This huh. excludes any major league catchers or players who have had some experience at the position at the high school level or better. I'm thinking someone like Jason Giambi. I'm going to say oh. no. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot hazard a guess. I've talked myself into and out of each position <laughs> 10 times in the last 10 seconds. <laughs> uh, so start naming players this would be funny to do besides Giambi. Like, it, uh, it'd be funny to see Adam Dunn try it, right? Do you think Adam sure. Dunn could be an elite, elite catcher? Elite high school catcher? Elite high school catcher. <sighs> I mean, just think about how slow those pitches would be for him. He would be, mm. I mean, he would be seeing it, and he would he would see these pitches in bullet time. I don't know. Some high school pitchers throw really hard. Very few, and yeah. most don't, and not that hard. Uh, I don't know. Could he crouch? 
Good question. I don't think Adam Duncan Crouch. Sam Fold. <laughs> well, that I could see. I mean, he's Juan a, Pierre. He's athletic. I'm just throwing names. Juan Pierre. <sighs> mm, doesn't have much of an arm. He doesn't. That's part of uh, what would make him an elite defender. But does he? I mean, he probably does. Like for I mean, a high for schooler. a high school, yeah, I guess. For a high school guy throwing to second base from catcher, I... <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that that you could not plug in any major leaguer. I mean, it's a it's such a specialized skill set that certainly some aspects of it would translate. And if you're a major league quality athlete, you could you could probably be a good high school. I mean, obviously we're just talking defensively but because it doesn't matter how how poor a, a major leaguer would be on defense in high school he'd you know hit 800 or something so uh he could play catcher and it would be worth playing him no matter how bad he was but for for him to be as good as the best high school catcher mm, i'm gonna say no so 400 position players on an active roster in the majors at any given time, mm. uh, roughly 60 of them are catchers. So 340 non-catchers. Of those 340, how many of them are immediately, you know, plus plus defensive catchers in high school? <laughs> like top top 20 in the nation. Gosh, um, <laughs> 200. I I think I go three. Okay. All right, I could I could see that I guess I I don't know I mean yeah I, there aren't really that many done types you know dedicated DHs who are just huge and not not very mobile there aren't really that many guys who fit that description um, so maybe you're right but I don't think any guy but okay I'll I'll allow most guys all right. And Derek's last question was uh, a more extreme version of a question we did last week. How big a lead would you have to spot a typical high school team to get the final three outs of a game against an average major league team? Hmm. Much, much more. Yeah. I don't. I it's. I haven't seen a typical high school. T- the <laughs> the only high school games I've seen in a long time were a high school down my street that is kind of like it's considered a pretty good baseball school in the district, but I don't think they've ever had a major leaguer. Mm-hmm. And I would watch them. Like, I would just, I'd be bicycling past, and I'd pull over and watch for 20 minutes. And it was brutal. Um, <laughs> so, I I mean, on the one hand, I want to say, uh, like that, ball players will sometimes tell you it's hard to hit 400 off a tee because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just hard to it's hard to hit balls fair unless you're hitting home runs yep. there's there's always ways that they're going to get caught mm-hmm. it's not it's not that hard to catch a line drive you know especially if you only need to catch three of them over the course of like two hours mm-hmm. if the lead is big enough uh so the three outs i would say that luck would eventually wear the the big league team down yep. and i would say uh anything less anything greater than nine I would have a hard time betting on the on the major league team. Uh-huh. If it were a say three three innings to go though, I might want twenty runs. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder whether there's do you think there's any benefit that the high school team would enjoy just from being so bad that 
major leaguers haven't seen anyone so bad in that long in in you know a decade or two um, since they were in high school would there be sort of an unfamiliarity boost well like sometimes i'll walk past a group of like junior high kids or high school kids and i immediately feel self-conscious because i feel like they're judging me <laughs> just like when i was actually in high school like like that feeling i had of not being cool enough and having the wrong shoes mm-hmm. immediately comes back to me mm-hmm. and i get all like awkward and weird <laughs> so i mean there is something extremely intimidating about um 14 year olds in in a pack mm-hmm. but so that maybe <laughs> otherwise even aside no. from the the mental aspect just like facing yeah. a pitcher who's so bad Gosh. that you haven't seen anything like that ever I I don't know I I wouldn't think so I mean mm-hmm. the I nah, I don't know <laughs> I wouldn't think so mm-hmm. I mean it, it it's uh, no I, probably not mm-hmm. I mean the first pitch would be weird the first couple pitches might be weird but the, there's just they don't have anything to beat you with right no Mm-mm. on the other hand position players right position players pitching. Yeah, that's true. They they have like a six ERA mm-hmm. historically. They're not but pitchers. A lot of them were probably better than. I mean, a lot of them were were better pitchers than your typical high school pitcher because they were probably yeah. good high school pitchers or even college pitchers or certainly better. Yeah. But but I mean, they're allowing a you know basically what amounts to two uh, you know two thirds of a run an inning, mm-hmm. and we're saying that a team would need a nine run lead before we'd feel confident in them protecting it i mean what we're asking what we're saying is that that uh basically something approaching 80 percent of batters would reach Mm -hmm. and so i mean have you ever seen any indication that any baseball player can do an 800 obp against any other baseball player there's sean dunstan hitting 700 as a high school senior is probably the best indication Mm -hmm. sean dunstan of course uh, was very good. He was an elite high schooler, but probably at that point in his life was not an average major leaguer and still managed to hit 700. Yeah. So maybe that's the best evidence. But I mean, an 800 OBP is really something. So do you think it, better than an 800 OBP, really? Because mm-hmm. you, well, well, yeah, it would need to be better, right? never walked. Uh, you would need to have two, two, basically roughly 10 guys reach for two outs mm-hmm. uh, to score nine. So. Uh, you know, like an eight six eight thirty on base percentage. Reasonable? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. This one comes from Chris in Breezy Point, New York. Uh, would you rather have an outfield consisting of three terrible defensive outfielders or an outfield made up of only two Gold Glove caliber defenders? Today I was bicycling with my daughter to preschool, and there was this group of kids on bikes, and all of them were in the sidewalk, except one kid who was just in the middle of the road. And so cars were backed up, and he was just ignoring all these cars. He wasn't doing tricks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, as I rode past, it was like, keep your eyes down. Don't look at them. They're, they're high schoolers. Don't look at the high schoolers. <laughs> And actually intimidating. You must have had a pretty traumatic high school experience. And only one of them was really being a punk. I, I imagine all the others were pretty embarrassed about their friend who was in the middle of the road for no reason. Uh, imagine I, how embarrassed your daughter was riding in a bicycle with you. Uh, 
Well, they're yeah, she's very young, man. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, all right, so two two great outfielders, two elite elite outfielders, or three awful ones. Mm. Uh, who do you think is the worst center fielder that we've ever seen? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I have to imagine that if, if we're talking about the three, if the, if the terrible outfielders are really Adam Dunn, you know, three Adam Dunns, basically, and one of them is in center field, uh, that it's worse than we're imagining. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were just, like, you know, a below average outfield, I would definitely take the three. If it's three, but, three Raul Abanezes? Yeah, would you take three Raul Abanezes or two Carlos Gomezes? <laughs> Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think I think I'd still take the, the three Abanezes. I think so too. I, I mean, I, so Jose Molina's home to first time, as mm-hmm. as we've brought up before, is like four point seven, mm-hmm. and Jose Molina is unthinkably slow. He's a total punchline, and yet he's only you know he's basically point seven seconds. You just messaged me. Hang on, yeah. let me see what you just. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, no, I don't think I need to. We're doing well on time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jose Molina, 4.7 seconds. You know, elite, elite right-handed batter is like four seconds. Mm-hmm. So basically you're talking about, you know, he's like 15% or whatever, seven, 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 what is that? Like, like 16% or something slower than the fastest guy. So if you figure that speed is mainly what we're talking about i mean execution matters too the jumps count and the arm counts and the ability to catch the ball once it gets to your glove counts but mostly what we're talking about is speed and i think we probably overstate the value of speed or not the value but the the margin between the the best and the worst runners um so if you're talking about a guy who three guys who run you know say 20 percent slower but they are 50 percent more humans I think that the math works out to the three. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not just pure speed, I guess. There's also instincts and the fact that Ibanez throws the ball directly into the ground sometimes. but Occasionally. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd still take three of him. Uh, all right. Okay, wait, there's... All right, well, since we're doing all these crazy hypotheticals, there is another one, I think... Uh, I think it has a fairly obvious answer, but let's just see. Uh, this is from James. In light of Zach Greinke's narrowly missing out on the NL batting title, uh, because he didn't qualify, and players like Chris Davis pitching two shutout innings last year, who would win in a one-game playoff, the nine best-hitting pitchers or the nine best-pitching hitters? Assume a designated league average defense for both teams. Um, you think this is obvious? I think so. Just skimming the question, I think I think the nine best pitching hitters have the leg up here. Like you're saying, nine Casper Wellses would be. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that Casper Wells is not good at hitting. But if if you're saying like if you could get and the the well and the best, I would guess that the best pitching hitters we never even see, right? Because. Teams are are reluctant to you know use a star player in that yeah. role, and I would guess that that some of the best players in baseball would also be some of the best pitching hitters. But we never get to to see them do that because it's not worth the risk. So if you 
if you threw that out and just used whoever the most qualified candidates are for one game, I bet you'd get some you'd get some pretty good pretty good pitchers, um, and you really wouldn't get any good hitters among the the pitchers. You'd get you'd get a few guys who can kind of fake it, but I don't think the I don't think the best hitting pitcher would be as as good at hitting as the ninth best pitching hitter would be at pitching. I don't even know how to parse what you just said. <laughs> I, I will say yeah. I, I will say that logically, um, if a if a player comes out of high school or college and, and he's very good at both, teams default to putting him. Generally, they default to putting him uh, at a position because mm-hmm. it's a, a higher you know higher success rate. If you have an eighteen year old position player or even a twenty one year old position player, unless he's much better as a pitcher. Um, the the uh, the bias is toward putting him at a position. So you have to just imagine that if there are, let's say there are, you know, seventy five guys in the majors who theoretically could have gotten there in, in either way, uh, had the talent to get there at either position. A lot more of them are playing a position right now than are pitching. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but the ones that were sent into the pitching pool, uh, a, a lot a lot fewer of them made it because of, you know they succeed a lot less often. Mm-hmm. So if you start with, you know, 75 guys, um, you know, probably 60 of them turn into position players, and I, I'm just throwing out numbers, and, you know, 10 of them make the majors, whereas 15 go to pitchers, and, you know, like two make the majors. So mm-hmm. there's just probably a lot more players who can play at that level. That's my guess. Yeah. Is that enough questions? That's enough questions. And enough answers. Probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. All right. Uh, so that is the email show. Uh, send us more emails for next week at podcast at baseballprospectus.com. Rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe on iTunes. And we will be back with a couple more shows this week.